0: Welcome back guys to another episode of Nerds Around, we are your hosts Sebastian and Tony from across the hall. What's going on everybody? So we're coming off of Wrestlemania weekend. I mean this is probably not going to be released right after Wrestlemania weekend, but we, we what do you think of Wrestlemania? Wrestlemania was awesome. I had a good time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I had a good time watching it, enjoying it, listening to it, watching it, hanging out with Sebastian. It was a
0: nice Sunday night. We're going to introduce our guest on the show. He's been on the show before. He had actually guest hosted a tournament. Of such, you can catch it back in one of our old YouTube episodes. We want to welcome back Peter Rosado.
2: <laughs> What's up, guys? It's good to uh, be in the studio for this. It's fun. I mean, the last time I was with you guys, we were at Borough Con. I was with you, Sebastian. It was a great time there, right? Really one of the only good days I've ever had in Brooklyn. Um, but, <laughs> you know, um, but no, it's good to be back. And, uh, you know, WrestleMania week since you guys brought it up, was incredible, and for me it was the fact that more than Mania, I don't know if you guys know this, but obviously you guys know I work in independent wrestling, and there's a Please. whole week of festivities that go into WrestleMania week, besides just like the Hall of Fame and NXT and stuff like that. It's called like the more than Mania week. Um, a lot of independent professional wrestling companies throw some of their biggest shows uh, during the week, so I've actually had the pleasure of being at Shimmer, uh, which is a Chicago based all women's company doing their first show in New York. But you had uh, GCW did some great shows. I know Joey Janela's Spring Break Part 3, both night one and night two were sold out. It was incredible. I heard the match between Invisible Man and Invisible Stan was incredible as well. <laughs> um, not to mention, obviously, the ROH G1 Supercard on Saturday. Like, there was a plethora of wrestling from, like I think, Wednesday, April 3rd until obviously Smackdown was taped in New York as well so Tuesday April 9th you're talking about 6 days in New York City where there was nothing but a plethora of professional wrestling it was incredible bro
0: but um congratulations to BCW's 3 year anniversary oh
2: man thank you so much and you guys were there which was even better like, for and- row I love having you guys there, man. BCW, man, it's it's great, man. We've been on this great three-year journey, and um, it was a great show. I mean, you had an incredible DLC match, a doors, ladders, and chairs match uh, between the Deadly Saiyan squad and the Invaders from LAW. You had what what turned out to be probably one of the best matches of the night, a four-way from the Fest Wrestling Championship. That was... Uh, thank you to Fest for allowing us to defend not only one but two of their championships that night as we defended the Fest Championship in a four way match and then an in in, impromptu, I should say, uh, Fest Wrestling Tag Team title match with the Ugly Ducklings defended their Fest Wrestling Tag Team Championships. Um, Faye Jackson, you know, having her first title defense against Sumi Sakai, fresh back from Japan, Ring of Honor, the Women of Honor's first ever. Uh, champion, and then, of course, the BCW World Championship being defended in what was a banger of a match between Darius Carter and Austin Theory, and that's just like half of the show. I mean, it was an incredible night from top to bottom.
0: We're going to talk about how wrestling and comics kind of get together. It's kind of like the same thing, you know, for me. Um, I'm not sure how you guys feel about that, but um, what do you guys think about the similarities between wrestling and comics?
2: Um... I think there are a lot of similarities. I mean, especially when you think of like how comic book culture has filtered into wrestling. I mean, the last couple of, uh, you know, live events in WWE has done WrestleMania, NXT Takeovers. There's been a couple of people who have kind of come dressed up. Their gear is designed a lot like uh, professional wrestling. Uh, I I I can't remember exactly what show it was off the top of my head. There was a pay-per-view where Seth Rollins came out where one of his boots was styled like the Infinity Gauntlet. Oh, yeah. Um, There was uh, at th- this past NXT TakeOver, uh, right before WrestleMania, I believe Johnny Gargano came out with a, a gear inspired by Iron Man.
0: He's known for very inspired um, Marvel ring gear. He did a Carnage, I believe. Yep. He did like a Venom.
2: Well, I know Finn Balor has done his paint. Yeah. Uh, before he came to the WWE, obviously Finn Balor has done his paint uh, as both as the Joker, he's done a Venom one, he's done a Carnage one. Um, I think he did a black suit Spidey at one time. Obviously, the WWE trying to stay away from copyrights and stuff yeah. like that um, hasn't let him get to that level. But he's done it before. There are a lot of comic book fans in wrestling. I mean, obviously, you have a huge geek in wrestling in Austin Creed, aka Xavier Woods yes. of the New Day. <laughs> um, not to pl- obviously, you must you should be listening to Nerds of the Round, but give a watch to Up Up Down Down if you yes. if you get a chance.
0: Okay. Up, right? up. Well, it was that WrestleMania moment that they had with the entire. um, Was it the. Oh my god. God. WWE 2K19
2: challenge?
0: No, 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 no. Xavier Woods, um, Biggie, and Coffee Kingston, they all came out. The New Day came out dressed as Saiyans out of the serial. That was last
2: year at WrestleMania, WrestleMania uh, 34, where they all came out dressed as Saiyans. They were the hosts of WrestleMania uh, last year, so they came dressed. Uh, they're actually, they, you know, it was really, really cool as well. You know, it, there's just so much. Obviously, you have, you know, your villains, your heroes, your kind of grays, your in betweens. You know, the people that you're rooting for uh, and stuff like that. Um, and it's very much like, very much like comic books. So um, obviously, we don't have the license to do a lot of the things <laughs> in comics. So you're not gonna see us Cut somebody's head off and
0: just going to regenerate. Well, back in WWE, back in the day, remember, you have Val Venus and the chop-chop pee-pee angle. Right, yeah. It's,
2: it's, it's all good, by the way, now. I mean, it's good. It's okay. It's
0: been reattached. Right, you know.
2: But we've seen crazy things. I mean, we saw the gobbledygooker be born on live television out of an egg in WWE. We've seen... I mean, and when you look at, if you really look at, like, the early 90s of WWE, when the characters started getting really out of control, um... It was very comic booky. You had yeah, Duke, yeah, the Dumpster, Duke the Dumpster Drosia, a garbage man who wrestles, right? You had Skinner, who was an alligator wrestler or wrangler. You had the goon, who would come to the ring in actual full on hockey gear. Um, you had Mantars. You had Bastion Booger, um, who was basically like a man modeled to be like Jabba the Hutt. It was really weird.
0: That um, he. I, I got to give it to the wrestler who did Bastion Booger because, um, what was it, he had done two other characters. Um, he had done a character in WCW where it was like Norman the Cycle or whatever it was. Right. And it was like, um, I forget what his real name is. Like, it doesn't come to me. But um, yeah, I give him credit for that because to sell that Bastion Booger character and just to come out like that. Could you imagine the meeting that you have? <laughs> like, this is your character. Yeah. This is who you're going to play. <laughs>
2: I mean, and when you look at it, you, had the, you know, guys like Just Incredible who started as Aldo Montoya, the Portuguese man of war right? Or, or guys like Conan in the WWE who was Max Moon. And if you have not seen the costume, the gimmick around that character, it was ridiculous, right? Um, so there's a lot of out-there stuff in professional wrestling. And even the more grounded stuff like Sting and the Crow gimmick, right? Very comic booky
0: that he did the the Joker gimmick in CNA.
2: Right, And, and, and but, but very comic book in the sense of, like, the silent protector, right? You know, it was kind of very Batman-ish, very Daredevil-ish, you know, hanging out in the rafters, always in the darkness, shows up, beats people up, and leaves. Kind of, you know, very didn't really speak much, right? So there's a lot of, you know, what we would was... say, uh, comic book geek culture in professional wrestling when you really get down to the nitty-gritty of it.
0: Well, here's the next question I have. When, um, this is one more to chime in. Um, what are some of the wrestling moments that you felt were like real-life action superhero moments in wrestling? I mean, I want, I want everybody to pick at least one. Um, I would have to say, for me, it's not really much of a superhero moment, but it demonstrated superhero strength. We were talking about it off-air. Was Mick Foley was taking those chair shots to the face from The Rock? I mean, I didn't think any human skull could take that many chair shots. I mean... This is Mick Foley. This guy was thrown off the cage by the Undertaker. He had his ear ripped off. Um, And it's just like, to me, Mick Foley just shows that he is just superhuman with the abuse that his body has taken in order to tell a story um, in the wrestling event.
2: Um, I think you kind of mentioned it. And it's not so much a wrestling moment, but it's more like almost every time the Undertaker makes an appearance. Right, it's it's very ethereal, it's it's very bone chilling. It's it's a moment, right? He comes out. He has that walk, the entrance, the music, the gong, right? And 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 the psychological kind of torture that that inflicts on the wrestler in the ring. The minute you hear the gong, right? You just know shit is about to go down. Um, but just that that idea, like for example, if you're walking down in a comic book and you see like the a, the bat signal in the air you see a batarang in the wall it's it just inflicts that that moment it. right that moment when you see Superman take off right things like that and the Undertaker's entrance is like that but more specifically in terms of like a moment when you're looking at someone like really kind of like overcoming and have to say um, a lot to me um, comes always when the little guys kind of make it through, right? When you got a guy like Daniel Bryan, yeah. or not the new Daniel Bryan, the original <laughs> Daniel Bryan, or guys like, for example, more current, the Kofi Kingstons, that kind of make it through, through all the odds. They kind of come through. It's, it's like that moment in a comic book or, you know, a series where it's like that protagonist is in the middle of everything. They're ganged up by 50, 60 guys um, or enemies. So, you know, you have those moments. Um, you know, we can look at it like Cena lifting two men.
0: That was a it, moment. I think
2: it was Edge and The Big or Big Show and The Miz, I believe. Like oh. He ate both of them.
0: When Eddie Guerrero pinned Brock Lesnar. Right. Ray, may know? he rest in peace, but yeah. it's, you, you it know, was a moment.
2: Those kind of superhero-esque moments. Oddly enough, oddly enough, I go back to a lot of it, like stay. Sting in the NWO, those first kind of meetings, between when Sting first transitioned to the Crow character, and it was just like, lights go out, lights come back on, Sting's in the ring, beats everybody up, lights go out, Sting's gone.
0: Then you also had, like, you know, your your, your other moments, like, because um, it's funny because to me I also relate these moments to, like, what was happening in the comic book industry. At one point, you know, you had the we were talking about how the WWE was in the 80s. You had the comic book industry at one point was um, very campy. Then you started getting edgy. That was like comics in the 90s. Comics in the 90s were getting edgy. You had the NWO. You had um, the DX The X definitely did a lot of moments with the NWO um, as well. Um, and then it's like now, it's like, you know, you always have your moments in wrestling that paralleled with comic books.
2: Yeah, and I think, you know, when you look at especially like these breakout guys, when you start looking at like those lower level superheroes that you didn't realize are gonna be such big names and all of a sudden they get their own solo runs and they get these or they get this really they get a really good team that's gonna pen pen a story and they end up making like the greatest stories and were, like people still talk about like Alex Ross's run on Shazam, right? People forget about Shazam a lot of times. But there's like specific runs on Shazam, people are like, yo, that is like a seminal Shazam story. Um, people are never gonna forget a Snyder Capullo, you know, Batman run, right? Yeah they're seminal stories. And I think when you see those lesser characters, especially in wrestling, that finally get that chance to kind of break through like that rise of like Booker T in WCW from like being just a tag team guy to being what he was. Or even in the other spectrum, that descent into villainy. For example, Scott Steiner going from like that clean cut, all American, collegiate tag team wrestler to then transitioning to big papa pump Scott Steiner in the NWO or even Hogan. Hogan going from the true blue, red and yellow, take your vitamins, say your prayers, you know, to Hollywood Hogan, right? It's kind of that moment where it's like, it's it's kind of seeing, to throw a modern comedy reference into it, Batman versus the Batman who laughs, right? Where you're seeing this super descent into villainy, and it's just like, it's the same dude, but on the opposite end of that spectrum.
0: Hollywood Hogan versus Hulk Hogan. What's your take on that, Tony? (laughs) The question, the
1: superhero moments. I would, would, you know, so going back to WrestleMania this week, I would have to agree with the Kofi Kingston. Um, Because, like, I got into the New Day watching wrestling with you and more so watching Up Up Down Down and kind of understanding each of these guys. But watching the highlight reel, seeing what he's gone through, seeing him go against the heel Daniel Bryan, just... You know watching that match and like watching that storyline him almost getting you know choked out or sub- or you know submit or getting submitted and the endurance and the, f- the follow-through that he had it was just it was i would totally say that was one of those moments for wrestlemania for me that i would totally remember and it was like really you felt good when he won oh yeah that like, was like you felt you know that catharsis from him like that him fighting through all those years and Proving himself and winning, and his teammates being there, and his son, be, and his two sons being there, it's just because
0: someone was like on the,
1: on the yeah, turn like,
2: just, yeah buddy. So My boy. big question, right? There, so there's this kid who grabbed his title, and he says, "You know, looked at, I'm Kofi Kingston." And this idea of like, you know, young young people of color who are wrestling fans seeing a champion that looks like them, right? That's that's a beautiful thing. But I have a bigger question: Which win was more fulfilling or satisfying? Kofi defeating Daniel Bryan, or Becky becoming Becky Two Belts, the champ, champ.
0: I don't know. They, both titles, I think, were big wins on the line. They were both big matches. First of all, you have Kofi Kingston, because it's right. I think it's been a while since we've had, like, a champion there that, you know, a lot of people of color can relate to. Becky Lynch, again... Another strong strong storyline that they've been building for months. The way how she's been positioned to be the female Stone Cold Steve Austin, but in the way where it's generally Becky Lynch, she was going into that match against all odds um, to come out on top. And the fact is this. The reason why that match was a little bit... like It, it outshines the Coffee Kingston win is because it's a match that made history. It was the first female match to close out WrestleMania.
2: Okay. But Kofi's win made history. Oh yeah, is the first ever African-American WWE champion. And again,
0: champion. and that's what I'm saying. These are, those two matches on the card were the best. Those two matches made everything. Yeah. Those were two moments.
2: I'm actually surprised we got all three title changes, right? Because I kind of knew, kind of all knew that Seth was going to defeat Brock. Right? That was kind of the, the, the rumor going in, right? Um... But I always thought that we were going to get one or the other. You wonder mm-hmm. we're either going to get Becky winning or Kofi winning. I was actually surprised that we got both.
0: You wonder what, what it was? This, this, uh, and just to go back on that, it's pretty funny because we, we joked about it because, like, Brock Lesnar going on first. Yeah. That match kind of set the tone for WrestleMania, if you notice it. You have the unstoppable beast, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> That's my best Paul Heyman impression. You Love you, Paul. Um... Brock Lesnar coming in there, first match, it kind of set the tone because, I mean, let's be honest, I think a lot of wrestling fans at this point were kind of tired of Brock holding the belt because it doesn't really hold that legitimacy, really, because none of the guys really have held that title to really run the storylines. And this is nothing against the Beast Incarnate, because he is probably one of those shows that you want to see, because he's just one of those phenomenal people that you see. Right. It's like, it's a side show attraction. Um... Then you have the (coughs) Kofi Kingston match and Daniel Bryan match, which I think is kind of sets the middle tone of WrestleMania. Again, another WrestleMania moment. Kofi Kingston, like you were just saying, Tony. um, Everything that he went through, it's 11 years. This is a big one. And he is the first African-American to hold the WWE title. Second. um, No. No, No. not the WWE title. title, The world title is different. Um, The WWE title. The lineage of it,
2: yeah. Yeah. Like, obviously, Booker T is held the the world championship and stuff like that. And obviously you have The Rock who held the WWE title, but The Rock was, I mean, when you, the semantics of it, you know, The Rock identifies more as a Samoan than an African-American. African-American. So to see Kobe Kingston being the first ever African-American, it's like that moment that Ron Simmons won the, the World Heavyweight Championship back in WCW, well, and he was the first African-American world heavyweight champion. So at that time, that title held so much weight And within the world of the WWE, the World Heavyweight Championship was always kind of the redhead stepchild of the championships, and the WWE Championship, like, you're the champion of the company.
0: And that's the thing. For them to do that, and I think a lot of people, in the back of their minds, they already had it that Kofi Kingston was going to lose. But for them to take the chance, put the belt on him, that was a big moment, not just... Uh, for the fans, his career, the fact that they, you know, we're going to go give you a chance, we see how everybody's riding around you. I mean, let's be honest, we saw the graduation of a mid-card wrestler into a top tier, and that's not to say Tall Feet Kingston is not a top tier wrestler, we just saw that graduation. I
2: think a lot like the Mark Henry moment, when Mark yeah. Henry won the World Heavyweight Championship, right? Mark Henry had been toiling away for years and toiling away for years and going through all these different characters of versions of Mark Henry. And it took the right time. Obviously, Mark Henry did it much later in his career um, and on a different level, obviously winning the World Heavyweight Championship versus the WWE Championship. But I think this is very similar to that in the sense that they're finally realizing, like, hey, we can make stars out of these guys that toil around in the mid-card for a while and eventually bring them up to the big time
0: but I also think it's their stories. Of course. Their stories is what really sells it with the fans. And then, again, closing out the night, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, and Ronda Rousey. The all three move All three women, top of their game. Great storyline. Great build-up. Becky ending up on top. Again, I think it was the greatest way to close out WrestleMania that moment. And the fact is, again, it was also a history making match for um women for everybody in general it was just... uh if you could pick a wrestler to get their own superhero
1: comic which wrestler would you pick mm. uh,
0: um
1: i think i'd pick stone cold <laughs> i would pick stone cold
0: stone Stunning cold as, as the punisher <laughs> he's a stun doctor doom
1: uh not even i would pick him i would i would pick stone cold as a hero like just as like this you know different type of hero uh, it's his headquarters is the the snake ranch where he does all his training he's going around fighting injustice both social injustice because if you listen him talk about social inequality you would think I would he have... would be like so like typical and he's so against it
0: it's great and i would you know, have to just... hear the tagline for this book please yeah, you need to... it has to be whipping <laughs> ass and drinking beer <laughs>
1: No, totally. I think I would totally see Stone Cold being a good guy, an atypical good guy comic book superhero in a way you wouldn't imagine. because
0: of his personality, but what his core and what he really believes. I think that would be dope read. Is what I would read think. that. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stunning his way. <laughs> just stunned Dr. Doom. Like, what?
2: <laughs> I'm going to go completely left field with it. I'm going to go Wonder Twins with it.
0: Oh, Wonder Twins? Who would you?
2: The Iconics.
0: Oh God! Billy Kay and Peyton Royce oh, God. as
2: like a Wonder Twin-esque kind of oh. like caricature on superheroes where they're like, they're superheroes, but they're more like, more egotistical and more about themselves, and things get done, but not necessarily yes. because the way they you did them. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, they saved the day, but did they really, like...
0: Here's the running joke for that, I can add in for that. Like the iconics are the heroes of the story and everybody's like they're they're getting things done but not necessarily them getting it done it's Sasha and Bailey in the background getting everything done yeah, Well, if, <laughs>
2: if, if, if rumors to believe Sasha and Bailey are going to be too busy lying on the floor <laughs> of the hotel rooms crying about them losing the women's tag team championships but um, yeah no i think i want to go really like kind of feel like the I plus i love the iconics yeah. you know they're out to make everything iconic um i think it would be great but um, no actually um, to go the other way Tommaso Champa, as I, a, as 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 a bad guy. I
0: think he would be a perfect <laughs> choice for the next question.
2: Yeah, like as as like a Doctor Doom esque kind of player. Uh, I see Tommaso Champa uh, being perfect. Uh, Ricochet is like a Spider Man esque character.
0: Listen, Ricochet and Rey Mysterio have already locked that down. Or have you seen Mysterio Spider-Man.
2: come out as Mysterio? Yes. Which, by the way, the the. The play on words for that, right? Like, Mysterio is Mysterio, right? He's not only already Rey Mysterio, but now he's coming out dressed as Mysterio. Mysterio. Uh, So that was hilarious. Uh, Or, Alistair Black, kind of like a Morbius type character. Yeah,
0: I say that. You
2: know, kind of like one of those weird little anti heroes where he's like kind of walking the middle. When you said Stone Cold, Tony, I thought like Stone Cold is the punisher. And <laughs> <Like>, Stone Cold <laughs> is a Frank Castle like character. Because they're like, What? what? Yeah. would be perfect. Right? Um I think there's a variety of ways we can go with that. Um, but yeah. I mean, who would I
0: go for my choice? I'm gonna have to go with Scott Hall's Diamond Stud days oh, before Jesus. Razor Ramon and all that. Oh, I'm going to bring it back old school. Can you imagine the Diamond Stud and then um the Diamond Stud with Vinny Vegas, their adventures? <laughs> the adventures of Vinny Vegas and Diamond Stud and then it gradually changes. Like, you know what? We're tired of this. We're going to be the outlaws now.
2: <laughs> terrible.
0: <laughs> it, I, I wonder. I, would that, be that would be the, a terrible who comic. Who would be the
2: Batman of professional wrestling?
0: Who would be the Batman professional wrestling? Um, I would have to go with The Rock. I would really go with The Rock as the Batman of professional wrestling. Interesting. Um, only because I feel like he would be the wrestler who could wear both those cowls as the Bruce Wayne. And then he throws on like... Because think about it. The Rock has been a face and a heel. He's been corporate rock. things he's been the people's rock. So you get The Rock, he could be Bruce Wayne. Right. And then he could be Batman. So, can you imagine Batman doing that people's eyebrow? <laughs> Vince McMahon. You wouldn't
2: be able to see it with the cowl on, though, right? With the no, white no. eyes. It would, he, he has he's
0: enough gonna, muscle he has in, in that. Listen, he has enough muscle in that eyebrow to move it. So, he's going
2: to have like a Clooney bat nipple moment where you have a. a the one, eyebrow. Bat yeah. Eyebrow, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. You know, but uh, that would be interesting, right? Um, I, and you know what's funny is all three of us completely bypassed the. Obvious comic book character that already existed in wrestling.
0: The Hurricane. The Hurricane. We already know he's like he's an easy choice. Like <laughs> Hurricane
2: would be great. The I would hur- love to see the adventures of the oh, Hurricane.
0: Actually, I would love to see the adventures of Hurricane with him leading a team. You will have the the Hurricane Mighty Molly Mighty Molly. You'll have I would um end up that picking um someone. Beth Phoenix in there. You will pick um Beth Phoenix would, has Wonder
2: Woman, the Glamazon. The Glamazon,
0: there you go. Um we have to have Santino Morella. Can you imagine coming out with the Cobra?
2: He's like I Cobra you. Santino would be like the,
0: the Shark Boy. No, Shark and, Boy would be in there. Oh yeah,
2: Santino would. You're gonna hate me for this. Santino would be the Justice League Aquaman of the group. Yes. like, like that's the boy the school blonde Aquaman that nobody takes seriously because he spoke to fish <laughs> and that was all he did. That's like, the point. And that would be Santino. That's who. <laughs> like that. Eugene would be in there somewhere. That would be Santino's role. You know what'd be funny? Santino could be in the Iconics comic. Santino would be the one actually doing everything in the background, yes. <laughs> and the Iconics are taking all the credit for it. But Santino's the real hero of the story.
0: Well, the the question is, what version of Shark Boy would you do? The comic would you do the Shark Boy or would you do Stone Cold Steve Shark Boy? Uh. <laughs> that was just. That was... Stone, a- Cold
2: Cold. She, Stone Cold Steve Sharp Boy if you put him on like a villain team.
0: What? No, that was... That was TNA. That was just...
2: At the Legion of Doom. Oh, Meanwhile, God. back at the Legion of Doom... What? I repeated myself three times. What? You're <laughs> going with Chitara. What? <laughs> we recruited this guy. What? 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 Casey Kasem would just come on. Meanwhile,
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that became such an
2: iconic thing. Oh man!
0: So, which wrestlers will you think to see as super villains in comics? Uh,
2: well, I already mentioned Tommaso Ciampa. You mentioned mm-hmm. That's why I said this would work yeah, perfect. I, I think Ciampa, Ciampa, I, I is just great as a villain. Uh, Ciampa like took Gollum to another level. Because like the way he was holding that NXT champion, he was like, the precious, <laughs> the precious, right? He's like the golem we could all appreciate. Um, but him, oddly enough, the Velveteen Dream comes off like a villain. Like one of those very exact... Comes off as
0: an anti-hero.
2: No, to me, he comes off as one of those like very exuberant kind of out... Like a Max Lord, right? Coming off like, like okay, one of those kind of characters. Like the very out there... Um, villain that you don't really kind of expect to be the villain, but he really is the one doing the machinations behind the scenes. Kaisa Sose. Yeah, or even one, even like the villain that just like flaunts the fact that he's the villain, but it's like, I'm so much better than you, you're not going to get to me kind of thing. So oddly enough, I see Velveteen Dream as a bit of a, as a a villain. Um, And to kind of just give love to people who are not given enough love on wrestling television. Um, I could see Tyler Breeze's Prince Pretty.
0: Oh, man. Yes, Tyler Breeze. As, as a villain.
2: <laughs> uh, and that has nothing to do with the fact that Tyler Breeze just called out uh, Velveteen Dream and saying he wants the NXT North American Championship, which, by the way, if that match would ever happen, like NXT Tyler Breeze versus, you know, NXT uh, Velveteen Dream. He,
0: he needs more. Him and Fandango, I would love to see get
2: more burn. Wait a minute. Exciting. Wait a minute. Okay, we have to backtrack for a minute. Santino is not okay. The Iconics have a male counterpart in their in their in their comic book.
0: You're gonna say Santino? No. No, who? The
2: Iconics and the B Team. I'm going out the (laughs) door now. Bo Dallas, Curtis (laughs) Axel, along with Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. I don't. As the iconic B Team. Wait,
0: wait. I don't believe this.
2: (laughs) But that's where it goes to, right? So give me the old Bo Dallas, the believe Bo Dallas as a villain. I believe. BOLIE!
0: They should have really ran with that. Oh man. It I was great, that. it was scene. great.
2: But no, uh, to switch gears, his his brother actually, Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt, I did. He's a built in villain. Perfect villain.
0: Who you got, Tony? I know we threw some names out I mean, there. No,
1: you're going real deep. I'm gonna go real comment. Uh, because I always thought of him as the villain, Kurt Angle.
2: Interesting. Yes, I every time. Darren Corbin will love you. <laughs> <laughs> every
1: every time, every time Kernegel comes up when I'm here with Sebastian, I'm like, Yo, I hate this fucking guy. <laughs> like. My wrestle Because
2: his memory.
1: neck and head look like one piece. like a fucking One piece. No, that, it's not even that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know Kurt. You've had a bunch of neck surgeries. I don't mean Listen, to be Listen, we, we no, have a lot of respect
0: for Kurt, Egg, it's, not, but it's, it's just funny though. It's like, just
1: like, like my wrestling memories aren't aren't as deep as you guys, but it's more so like when he. That's how he debuted. You know though. when he when he had his hair and he did all this stuff and he's got his gold medal and he's got his fucking music and he's just trying to be the good guy but he's just an asshole.
0: It's like he was just, actually that would so be a fun comic. Him thinking that he's doing good deeds for people, and people are like, dude, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> just ends, that's how it ends.
1: He's like Dan from Street Fighter. Yes, <laughs> oh, we had
0: to, or, we had a Dan reference. Or like that. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that oh, would be my man. oh man, oh um, man. For me, who would be a perfect villain? <clears> um, <throat> I would have to go with Christopher Daniels.
2: Interesting the fallen
0: angel fallen angel because I feel like this guy doesn't get a lot of love But Christopher Daniels, I love this fallen angel gimmick and I feel like you can double in like, you know something happens where it's kind of like a Sentry deal where Sentry is his own villain because the century and the void yeah. so you will have Christopher Daniels the fallen angel But then on the flip side you have curry man
2: Leave curry <laughs> man alone! <laughs> Um... It's spicy. Leave Curry Man out of this, please. Oh, my God. Um... You know, it's interesting, though, when you think of villains, because you think of, like, you know, these deep, dark highlights. You know, the Kurt Angle reference is very weird, because, like, yeah. I mean, obviously, you see Vince McMahon as a villain, right? yeah. Obviously. Triple H, when he's playing the bad guy character, as a villain. Kane as the villain, right? Even Undertaker can be construed as a villain, if you really think about it. Um... But I think when you really get into the deep darkness of it, like, to see some of these good guys, maybe become villains, like, I can honestly see Brock Lesnar, the old Brock Lesnar, as a superhero.
0: Yeah. Right? Like, but then the, the transition, like, that whole right, Saturday line. The
2: animal, the, the, you know, the beast incarnate is not a, 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 a hero, but the animal, when they would just come out of the crowd and start, like, F-5ing people.
0: <laughs> um, like, you're in a wheelchair, boy, I'm going to F-5 you.
2: Right? Right? <laughs> Um, you know who would be like a great hero? I mean, a great, a great, a great hero? Mr. America.
0: The the, the guy who uh, Kurt Angle stole his theme song from?
2: Yeah. By <laughs> right. the way, who <laughs> is not Hulk Hogan. That's uh, right. Mr. America is not Hulk Hogan. I like so, to bad, say, bad down
1: guy. See, bad guy. Bad guy, Dale. that guy.
2: <laughs> oh, you want to know what you want to talk about, a uh, split personality, sentry kind of thing? Give me John Cena and Juan Cena, right? For those of you who don't know who Juan Cena is. Yes! It was a time when, uh, storyline, John Cena was suspended from performing in the WWE. Um, and so he put on a purple luchador's mask oh and still yes. had on the John Cena, like, colored yes. shirt that you can't see yes. his shorts, the <laughs> and came out as his cousin from Mexico, Juan, Juan Cena. Cena. <laughs> um, I used
0: to say that in Spanish. Uh, you can't see me, I like, Right.
2: Um, really, to bring it back, though, you know who'd make a great. <coughs> honestly, you know who'd make a great. Uh, Kevin Owens would make a great villain.
0: Kevin Owens would make a great anti-hero. He would. villain I hero love, because he, like he because, because he's gonna do though. yeah.
2: Kids, take away from Sami Zayn, I'd love to see El Generico in a comic book series. Yes. Like um, El Generico would be fantastic.
0: You know who I can never take serious of as a heel or as a villain is AJ Styles. AJ Styles for me forever, is always gonna be that guy that's always the hero. (coughs) And that's going all the way back to like the beginning of his career when he was part of Styles, Paris, like Air Air Raid. No, but AJ Styles is one of those guys I can't ever see transition to a villain. He he would definitely be superhero. If you wanna talk about Superman, he, not Roman Reigns, it would be AJ Styles, Superman, that's it.
2: Finn Balor would work as a great anti-hero.
0: Yes, he would. Finn Balor. I could
2: also see Finn Balor working as a Sentry type guy. The demon uh, could be the, the the evil incarnation of him, while Finn Balor could be the uh, the hero.
0: I think that would work because it's like it's it's like this. It's like if he can't get it done in the book as a hero, then all of a sudden that personality that always manifests in the back of his head comes out. Bobby Lashley. I
2: don't, you know, Lashley is a great villain. Here's an interesting choice as a villain
0: bailey i want to see bailey take that heel turn i want to see her take that heel turn yes you will be interesting as a villain i bailey right now is one of my favorite female wrestlers on the roster i love the work the body work that she puts out there i love what she stands for but there comes this point where i feel i feel for every wrestler that there's a point where you have to take a heel turn in order to further your development and I think, like you're right, like a villain comic on Bailey, that whole thing, that transition of like, you know, I feel like it would be similar to a Kurt Angle comic of him being the villain, but it's more of Bailey taking a real dark path, dark turn. Like she's not getting anywhere as a hero, right. so you live long enough to be the hero to eventually turn into be the villain. Right.
2: And I think that would be that would be interesting for Bailey to go to go in that route to go from being the prototypical clean cut. Like when you think of good female characters, you think Bailey, right? Yeah. And then now to go down this dark road, you know. Oddly enough, I can never take Charlotte seriously as a babyface.
0: No, Char- Charlotte Flair has that natural thing that a Flair has that you're always going to see a Flair as a villain because they flaunted it. She she is a great wrestler on the roster, but as far as a face goes, she's not one of those people. She's one of those characters that falls in the middle, no matter what she plays, if she's a villain, people are still going to cheer her. Because that was what happened with Flair. Flair was always a villain.
2: Because you're so great in the ring. Yeah. You're not getting cheered because of your character, you're getting cheered because of the work you put out. Yeah. Um, but her character is always just like, to me, I cannot take her seriously as, as a good guy. Yeah,
0: they are they're, they're, they're characters that are playing vanilla good guys. Their characters are playing vanilla bad guys. Doesn't mean that necessarily that's what they'll continue to play because like fans Orton. are cheer them. Randy Orton.
2: He can play both, but I prefer him so much better. Yeah,
0: everybody at prefers fact. him as the Viper. That's it. They want him as the bad guy, but he's at the point now, it doesn't matter whether he's the heel or the face in the match. Randy Orton, people are still going to cheer for him. Undertaker. Undertaker has been faced. He's been healed. Now he's just one of those guys in the middle. He will always cheer for. it. Doesn't yeah. matter. It's like, you know what? It is like this. If he had his comic, people would cheer for him. If he blew up the building, or if he saved the people.
2: Can you take the New Day series to his heels? Like, if they.
0: They started as heels.
2: They did. But very now
0: quickly. they transit Yes, because you want to know why? They know how to work a crowd in a way where the crowd's always going to love them. I can't see them as heels. I can never see them as heels because the New Days. Um, they have. Let's put it this way Biggie already tried as a heel. Xavier Woods has already tried as a heel field. Team. I like
2: that he is a heel, though. In NXT, he he, was, a, a heel he was, was great.
0: But when he came out to the main roster, he was just an enforcer. Um, Coffee Kingston, I could never see as a heel. The, he's done... He's They've tried to have him do heel work. I see these guys more as... Those are the go-to guys that you want as your faces on the roster to amp up the crowd because, you know what? They do that. They but they can about.
2: have that gray area. Like I can see like, Kofi, like, if you go back and you remember, like, his feud with Randy Orton, mm-hmm. uh, but Randy Orton was the bad guy, Kofi was the good guy, but you get, like, Randy Orton dist- uh, Kofi destroyed Randy's car and all that other stuff. Like, he came off more like that Captain America who just realized, I can't do it with the shield anymore. Like, I gotta go an extra step. Yeah. But he didn't become a full-fledged villain, but he started to do some things that just, like, question. Well, it's the same thing with Austin.
0: Austin did things that, oh, not any other hero would do. But it's like, you know, they can go in the rounds of an anti-hero, the New Day can do that. It's kind of like, if you look at it, if you think about it, Fabulous Freebirds, in a way, were anti-heroes. They, people cheered them, people booed them, but they were the Fabulous Freebirds. They did whatever they want. Essentially, that's what the New Day can do. And the crowd are going to cheer them because New Day rock.
2: You tell Terry Gordy that he was a good guy and see what happens.
0: Oh, he'll probably fucking body slam me and throw me to the table. Right. Yeah. <laughs> If you could pick any superhero to become a wrestler's gimmick, which superhero would you pick?
2: So we're giving a superhero's powers. Oh, no, it's not their gimmick. powers.
0: Their whole appearance. gimmick, their appearance and all that as a gimmick to a wrestler. You have a new wrestler on the roster. You got to give him a gimmick and you're told by head office it has to be a superhero gimmick. I mean, I I really would pick the Umbrella Academy, but I could see their gimmicks working because, first of all, you have the unstable leader that you find out, or the white violin, then you have... um, I
1: mean, their gimmicks are, like, really...
0: The thing that I like is, like... They're all kind of unstable. They're all kind of unstable, but they're not,
1: like, over-the-top superhero tropes. Yeah. It's kind of just personality traits that they
0: all have.
2: If this was AAA, Mexican wrestling, right? it's, like, the Mexican lucha libre, Blue Beetle.
0: Blue Beetle, I think, would get off perfectly because of the fact it's a mass character. Let's be honest. Triple A, NEA, whatever. Lucha Underground. Lucha Party. Someone will come out as a Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle, he has that nice design too. So Blue Beetle Picasso. gets no love. No. no he
2: chord not. gets no love, bro. Um, <laughs> though, I would love to see somebody try to do a Booster Gold gimmick.
0: I just had a bad thought. Oh, Booster Gold. Hmm. Like...
2: He's a wrestler from the future who
0: doesn't
2: really
0: know how to wrestle, right? <laughs> who you stole everybody else's moves? He just does like, like, oh, I invented this, the stunner. Like, no, that was Austin, bitch. Right, right.
2: <laughs> like that'd be hilarious.
0: Well, we already have. Um, well, we already have Michael Jackson as a I would, okay, Santana okay. Jackson. I was
1: thinking about it. How about the clown from Spawn? And oh. you have two, and that person has two forms. You've got the clown the slob that evil clown but then you've also got the demon obviously they can't change physically i know there's already someone in wwe who who is the demon so we can change it to hell i don't know
0: i just think what i would do i I would build off that gimmick what i would do is this he comes down to the ring as the clown yeah right you got this out of shape guy just coming down to the ring lights go off when the nights go back on, you have this six foot six monster of a wrestler, <laughs> painted <pimping laughs> as the Violator, ready to tear apart his yeah. opponent from a kind of like a festus thing going yeah. on right there.
2: Jesus.
1: You guys are getting kind of graphic. I was like, man, I
0: was like I gotta pick something that isn't I, it just, on regular. It's no, it's not, but it's yeah. like it'd be. I, so I it just, it just, I, I completely. The yeah. Violator,
2: it's it's tough because you see a lot of these kind of characters already kind of yeah. like you can't put
0: well. They had the Spider Man gimmick in WWE with Arachnoman at one point, right? Which they stopped. He oh. was like, he was with streamers coming out like this that looked like webs. Listen, let's
2: go, let's go further back to like 1980s WWF when they actually had a bunch of guys just up as the Ninja Turtles.
0: Oh, yeah, they did, right? That happened, that yes. was real. And we had the Mortal Kombat crossover in WCW Your Blood Runs Cold. Okay, time out, time out.
2: So you were there for that show. You've met the man behind Yes, Glacier. Glacier, Ray Lloyd. And what was promoted, what it was supposed to be was really, really great, right? When you realize yeah, that WCW was. spent millions of dollars to make this a reality between the pyro and all this stuff, uh, Ray Lloyd actually knowing martial arts and then learning the martial arts and stuff like that. Um, but this idea of Mortal Kombat was the thing. It was. Right? And to bring Glacier to life was really kind of awesome. Right, a Sub-Zero-esque character. Mortis and Wrath were great. I mean, Mortis so much better than Wrath because Mortis was played by Chris Canyon, God rest his soul, who was a so completely undervalued and underappreciated he was. wrestler. He really was. Um, but Mortis was great. you know. Wrath uh, came along, you know. It also led to the debut of one of the greatest, you know, over the top characters in the world, Ernest Cat Miller. Uh, again, a trained martial artist. Um, I think the lasting legacy that the character created of being very comic booky, very cartoony, I think, was ahead of its time.
0: It. You want to know what happened with that angle, and this is what I feel because it goes back to the Monday Night Wars and what I think was going on backstage because when you look at a lot of documentaries shoot interviews and all that I think it was one of those many things that they spent money on but ended up getting lost in the shuffle yep and And also the wrong
2: thing at the wrong time when you look at where the landscape was going like you said
0: yeah because at the time it was going away from a lot of the cartoony stuff in wrestling to more of the realistic stuff that was going on which is what the NWO was bringing in then WWE jumped on that train with DX because we all know where it all started. It was the NWO, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall doing that invasion, and people still thought they worked for WWE at the time, and it worked perfect because this is pre-internet, right? Because no one was going on social media. You didn't have the dirt sheets. You didn't have the websites. They were able to get away with this, so the fans were clamoring on more to that, and it. it at the time, when you look at that type of angle. I mean, the Ninja Turtle one you bring up was never going to be an angle. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just like, I laugh about it because it's like, you know, it was something that you laugh about. They took Mortal Kombat characters, but at the same time, looking at it from another perspective, it's one of those things that could have been something big if they were still doing those gimmick matches.
2: I almost think Glacier could work now.
0: Yeah. I mean, I saw, like I said, you had him at the BCW, so the recombination wrestling, And he still looked like he was working pretty good. And I mean, you know, I really feel that the character um, could definitely work now. Um, I feel like it could probably work even as a TV show if they wanted to do it. because you could
2: turn Glacier into more of a grounded character. Um, But this idea, almost like a Danny Rand-esque character as like this someone who went and and got into the the martial arts and stuff like that. Um, And so I think when you look at it, I think Glacier was ahead of its time almost. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the story that it created, I you know, way ahead of its time in a way of integrating actual pop culture video game stuff into professional wrestling. Um, it just, unfortunately, the timing was bad.
0: What wrestlers would you like to see casted in live action superhero movies or shows?
2: I'd like to see The Rock finally play Black Adam. <laughs> <laughs> right? And, yes. ask, and maybe understand who the fucking character is. Right, 18 years later. <laughs> meanwhile... 18, and, uh, meanwhile, in one the studios... <laughs> meanwhile, back in the DCEU, <laughs> which no longer exists, yeah. uh, the <laughs> maybe, DC single film movies selection.
0: Their biggest <laughs> villain has been the studio. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right? Meanwhile... I feel like that should be on the door of the DC studio. Meanwhile... <laughs> Or here's what we could do, right? You could go to the movies to watch a DC movie, right? And as the beginning of the DC movies is starting, you see the DC logo, right? And then it goes, meanwhile, at Marvel Studios, (laughs) where they're making successful movies. 22
0: successful movies, (laughs) Listen,
2: can I just be honest? You know where DC fucked up? Not letting Zack Snyder actually execute his vision.
0: No, no, you know I know where they messed up? Wait, let Snack Snyder get get his hands on the properties. No, no. Yep, yep, yep. I, I will believe, argue oh this. Oh, my God. Can I we will not, argue this. Can we this? not? No, no. Can we we not, this has been an ongoing thing. Do, we do this shit I every
1: show. Every fucking show. Believe, this shit comes up. I believe
2: <laughs> Zack Snyder Zach Snyder is <laughs> a great storyteller. He understood. He, no, no, <clears> he
0: gives you a great visuals. Visual. Because he <laughs> is a great visual director. Like, he can take All his comic
1: book pages and throw them on the fucking screen, which is why 300... Works
0: perfectly. Now, if you're going to tell me he's a great storyteller, all I'm going to say is Sucker Punch.
2: <laughs> okay, time out. You sucker, punch. sucker Punch. I will
0: disrespect the
2: <laughs> Secondly,
0: Fugazi out of that movie.
2: Secondly. I, was f- I
0: I am slapping it with both of them.
2: <laughs> if, you were, if you hear the storyboard ideas that he had for Justice League and beyond, he understood how to take the story. And you know what the funny thing is? The biggest issue with the DC. But when did he drop like, those ideas? Oh, the DC was dark.
0: Again, I don't take away from the guy because the guy will give you a great visual shot. He did that in Watchmen. He did that in Three Hundred. I recently watched Suck that a punch. Again, yeah, it, I recently watched Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch. He gives you great visuals, but no great stories. Rorschach
2: would make a great wrestling character.
0: There you go. Rorschach, Rorschach was perfect in that film. Rorschach was perfect Rorschach. in that film. That yeah, great... girl
2: Haley is legitimately bonkers. That's why,
1: like, like, like <laughs> I'm watching it. I'm like, God, Rorschach was fucking. That man Like is when mean. he was in the the prison, when he burned Ooh. the
0: dude. I have a was
2: question. The so, the question. so you know how ask, You know how we always talk about mashups, right? Yeah. The comedian is Thanos.
0: Yeah, mm. I can say that. I can say that. I, yeah. I was just playing something in my head when you when you came up with Rorschach as a wrestling gimmick. I'm like, how would you pull off a Doctor Manhattan? <laughs> wrestling gimmick.
2: Naked Midian. <laughs> 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 Naked Midian and blue paint. Uh, uh. Take blue pants <laughs> from NXT and Naked Midian. And there Naked you
0: go, one.
1: I mean,
0: I mean, going back to Snyder, I didn't care for his dark take. I, enjoy, I enjoyed his Superman movie. I mean, his Superman movie. I enjoyed movie, it. His Superman movie. Man I of really Steel feel, was a great movie. Man of Steel was better than the previous Superman movie. I give it that credit. No one talks about that. What I movie. felt. Yeah. yeah.
2: The Brendan <laughs> one. We already know. Sorry, Brandon. <laughs> I Rock, feel okay,
0: what should have happened. And this is just my take on things. Man of Steel 2 should have happened. A solo Batman movie should have happened before we got Batman versus, We should have Batman. gotten all oh, of the oh, solo mean, oh, so, movies. so here's
2: basically what you're saying is what I've been saying for years. What here's, here, DC's biggest problem was they wanted to catch up with Marvel. They yes. wanted to play catch up. Yes. Not realizing that it took Marvel 10 years to get to where they got. Yep. It took Marvel building the foundation of the yes. Marvel universe. And making of, mistakes and doing it and Before they and got to Iron Man 2. two. Yeah. Uh, before they Three got to bleach blonde hair and eyebrows. I was fine with that. I was not okay <laughs> with kept the Dark Elf. Yeah, I was okay with the first Thor, I liked it. No, I, no, no, I, I was, it. was, I was it not with yeah. I, I enjoyed I liked, I liked well, we it. But we know
0: it was rushed, let's right. be honest. We yeah. know the movie was rushed because they wanted Thor ready. My
2: whole thing is the DCEU did not take the time to build. When they did Man of Steel with no inclinations of doing a shared universe, Man of Steel turned out to be a great fucking movie. Wonder Woman even in the middle of trying to do this shared universe, telling its own story was a great fucking movie. And what did Wonder Woman do? It opened the door to be able to incorporate, right? When you look at um, Aquaman, even in in the aftermath of this God knows what's happening with the universe kind of thing, Aquaman in and of itself told a great story, which is why Man of Steel Aquaman and Wonder Woman are three of the best movies DC has done now I haven't seen Shazam but I've heard a lot of great things about it I've right? which which... heard it's kind of like a campy DC movie um, which is great if you can have a campy character because you need a campy character right so <coughs> Shazam again standalone, kind of doing its own thing I agree with what Tony says you had to have that solo Batman you had to have these characters built together and then find a common reason to come together.
0: Because, I, because again, going back with it, I felt Man of Steel established that this was a different take of Superman we were getting. I understood that. But the questionable choices that happened at the end, what were the repercussions of his choices? They never, ever got into that on how this builds on his character. Right. Because even in Batman vs. Superman... We never got that You killed, answer. like,
2: listen, don't get me wrong. The, Snyder did a lot of things that I applauded him for. One, you killed Superman. I don't think there was any director that I would ever think, thought.
0: I think that that was pulled too early. No, too early. agreed.
2: Yes. 1,000% yeah. agreed. But what I'm saying is I didn't think there'd ever be a director in the history of the world that in a real fucking movie, not animated, would actually get have A, the balls, or B, get the okay to kill Superman, right? It was an awesome thing.
0: So for poops and giggles. Couple with the most ridiculous wrestling gimmick match that you can think of. I want a SpongeBob on a pole match. So one
2: that it actually happened or what we want to see happen?
0: One that we will want to see happen. Just like, like I want say, Spongebob look, on a pole. When you say gimmick, just second so Well, I mean think of it this way. We have gimmick matches like, you know, you have the Ladder match, oh, you have okay, the okay, DLC okay. match, the DLC match. Yeah. <laughs> Spongebob on a pole. The, the, per, the, the, the losers have to eat um, a bunch of Krabby Patties at the end.
2: The loser has to live in a pineapple on the sea. <laughs> uh, well, really, it's interesting because I know WrestlePro, which is a great company out in, in Jersey, uh, they had their show during WrestleMania weekend called This Funny Equal Money. Uh, they, did a sh- uh, they did a match between Sean Donovan and Buster Jackson and it was the bird box match. And and the wrestlers started the match both blindfolded, right? And the object of the match was to be the first person to unblindfold your competitor. Because if you unblinded them, if you took their blindfold off, they would see the monsters and have to harm themselves, and that's how you'd win the match.
1: That's great.
2: Right? (laughs) So when Buster Jackson took off uh, Sean Donovan's uh, blindfold, Sean Donovan went up to the top rope and did a big splash and obviously just splashed himself into the ring. And that's how Buster was able to pin (laughs) him for the one, two, three.
1: Uh, That's so good.
2: And the funny thing is when I first heard the match announced, I was like, this is stupid. And then when the the show happened and I heard what the rules for the match were and I heard about how that match went, I was like, oh my God, this is actually really smart. (laughs) Um,
0: But damn, to do that blindfolded. Yeah, that had to be fun.
2: I also liked... the. Uh, I think WrestleCon did a match where they had all these different uh, gimmicked characters as animals, and who was like the king of the king of the jungle of New York match. Uh, and it was like Jungle Boy versus Puma King versus Lizard Thing. Versus...
0: They call that the Rampage match. Yeah, <laughs> just put like a bunch of fake buildings in the middle of the ring, and just having like rampage. So there was like, actually an interesting. Boom.
2: So um, last year. Uh, during the, uh, during November, uh, as you know, we went down to, uh, WrestleCade in North yeah. Carolina, and Darius Carter defended his championship against Adriel at Showcase of Champions, and so me and AJ are driving down North Carolina, and as you go through the worst state in the world on the East Coast, Virginia, <laughs> um, there is a, <laughs> there's a town in Virginia called Spotsylvania, Right? And AJ saw the sign, he's like, oh my god, that is the most perfectly wrestling gimmick name for a town. You should run a wrestling show in Spotsylvania. Here's the gimmick, no one does spots. <laughs> it's all like a technical wrestling match. You know, everything's like rest holds and wrestling and actual stuff. <laughs> and no one does any big well, spots.
0: here we go. Right,
2: no one does any spots in it. And I was like, oh my god, that'd be hilarious. Um, so things like that. I mean, Joey Ryan has done them all.
0: Listen, what has Joey Ryan not done? I mean, this guy is finishing move his people grabbing his penis and they freaking he freaking turns them, tosses them over. <laughs> yes,
2: he's an, he's an incredible penis. <laughs> I mean, if you've never seen Joey Ryan, I mean, the man is immaculate. It's, the, man, the, man has, the only man who has better chest hair than him is Tom Selleck. <laughs> um, have you ever seen a Joey Ryan's rules match? So, uh, so you know how Tommy, Dream- Tommy Dreamer has the uh, extreme rules matches and stuff. I remember there was actually a match between Tommy Dreamer and Joey Ryan for a federation at the time called FWE and they had a Joey Ryan rules match. So Joey Ryan, Tommy Dreamer has like the bat with the thumbtacks on it, and Joey Ryan said, no, 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 no. Pulled out a bat with gummy bears on it. Um, uh, instead of putting thumbtacks in the ring, um, it was a, he emptied a box of Legos into the ring. What? Yeah.
0: That's, yeah, that's, I think that's worse than Dumb It's terrible.
2: <laughs> terrible. I think the worst thing I can come up with is a, uh, a you're fired match, where there's a contract at the top of the ladder, but whoever gets it is fired. <laughs> <laughs> oh so my. Like, you
1: have to, like, you have to, like, knock a guy out and carry him up. Your
2: job is to make your opponent get it before you do. That's fantastic.
0: I I don't know I mean with, with with certain people in the WWE right now who are like you know my contract's about to expire I mean you put what Dean Ambrose maybe Sasha Banks has been kind of unhappy, um in there. <laughs> but, I'm
1: thinking all right so I don't know if you if you played uh drunk driving in Mario Kart. Oh yeah. You ever play that where if you, you can't drive while you drink a beer or whatever, and then uh, if you get to finish your beer before the match is over, so maybe like a drunk wrestling wrestling, where you've got like kegs on the side, and you guys, and you've got dudes drinking, but they can't fight. They can't fight while they're drink, but they gotta finish whatever amount of beer they have to do in the middle of the match. So whoever, you know, whoever gets the pin and finishes their beer wins. I think
0: Austin. that would be an Austin match. Oh yeah, totally. it be an Austin match.
2: What's that thing where you where you put your head on the uh, on the baseball bat? And oh, it's dizzy bat. Oh yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so have a match. Right, a two out of three falls match, <laughs> where every time someone scores a pinfall, they got to do the dizzy bat thing, and then go in, or every time there's a near fall and somebody kicks out, you got to do the dizzy bat. <laughs> <laughs> that that would work.
0: Okay, I think that's been a great episode. There's an around for wrestling. Um, Pete, this is the part where we uh, have you plug in a lot of your favorite stuff, where we can find you, what you're up to, projects you're working with.
2: Uh, well, um, obviously you can follow Brie Combination Wrestling, BCW Wrestling on uh, Facebook and Instagram and Brie Combination Wrestling on Twitter. Um, working on our next show, we might be doing a June-July doubleheader. We were originally looking for May, but May is a lot going on in terms of really big wrestling events, so we're looking at maybe a June-July doubleheader. Dates will be announced soon. Um, and you can catch me on Instagram at uh, DonWan4087. Uh, I'm really terrible at social media. Um, or on Facebook at Peter Rosado. Will the
1: show, next show, be in the Bronx or Queens? Um,
2: More than likely Queens. I know that uh, our owner was very adamant about trying to go back to where we started at. Uh, Coming to the Bronx is a great experiment for us, and it also could be a place where we could come back to. Um, But I know right now, if he can find a venue that can be uh, semi-regular in Queens, he'd like to stay in Queens.
1: I am Sebastian. I am Antonio, from across the hall.
2: I am Pete Rosado.
0: And stay nerdy, my friends.